to start off this episode as a podcast host and as an influencer, as we like to call ourselves. We have been told that if we do not start off this podcast condemning the actions of the people that raided the Capitol, we would get canceled. So shout out to those people. Appreciate your uh, concern for our podcast and our influence. Listen, if I'm going to say it this way. If, if you want two guys that talk about baseball and have fun and really just kind of bring an interesting and funny way to talk about baseball to the podcasting world, to talk about a thing that they have no idea what's going on and really have no opinion, like sports people talking about these political things, Mm-hmm. Makes me mad <laughs> yep. because we don't know. I don't speak on it. I don't know what I'm talking about. We don't know what we're talking about. So listen, it comes down to this: 19 year old Mexican guy who just wants to make a little podcast. Exactly. So, <laughs> so <laughs> listen, that's all I'm trying come, to do. It comes down to this: no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, idiots are idiots. When you act like idiots, you should be condemned and treated like idiots. Yep. Idiots that vandalize things. The people that peacefully protested, perfectly fine. If you peacefully protested... If I'm them, I'm more mad. Exactly. It's like, dude, dude, we are trying to, like, be upset about something that matters. Yes. And you're over here throwing things. Same thing with... setting things on fire. Yeah. Same thing with the Black Lives Matter protest. (laughs) The small amount of people that actually were violent hurt everybody else. Yeah, hurt everybody else. So... Mess with the movement that I honestly... Well, mess with the message that I honestly... Love. Yes. So there's a lot of things that you can go with. But but two guys playing on a baseball podcast isn't supposed isn't going to be the people that you should probably hear this from. Yeah. Who who are you? It's like <laughs> scrolling through Spotify, say the delayed steal. Oh, two two college guys talking about baseball. I wonder what they think about the Capitol riots. <laughs> yes. No. We are not the people that you should be concerned with. If you're listening to us for political advice, I am concerned for you. Yes, exactly. Go look for people that actually know what they're talking about. Yes. Please, go for people that actually know what they're talking about. Because those are in short supply these days. Yeah. But... Plus, I'm just going to make a joke out of it. Yes, exactly. But what we're going to do today is talk about the things that we know, which is baseball. So without further ado, let's just cut right to the intro music. We are back here with the Delayed Still podcast, and last week nothing's happened. This week a lot has happened. Plenty has happened. Plenty has happened. One thing that has happened is Simon has not been able to make it today. It will just be me and Jesse. Simon, we're sending T's and P's with your allergies. We don't think it's COVID, but in the interest of all safety, we're just going. We are keeping him there. Couldn't get him to call in, so today will be just me, me and Jesse. But we are still going to talk about a crazy week in the sport of baseball. We got a major trade. Mm-hmm. We got a good show for you guys. Yeah, really. Major trade, a major <clears throat> loss as well to the baseball community. Some interesting stories coming out of the Los Angeles Angels organization. Fired person over there. Absolutely. And then, of course, Jesse has some interesting thoughts for us as far as Some thoughts that record. I won't share with him yet. <laughs> yes. He hasn't shared these with me yet. So we're going to react to it together. All together. And it's all going to be on this episode of the Delay Still Podcast. If you like what you hear, share it with a friend. Tell a friend. If you don't like what you hear, screw off. Here we go. 
Welcome back. It's me, Jesse. I'm here with Harrison. We are not with Simon, as we already outlined in the intro. Um, I don't often um, do this. I am not often our main talker, I'll say, the host. MC. MC. Um, MC but this week, MC you guys Jeff. are uh, you guys are stuck with me. And uh, you're just going to hear a lot more of my voice, so I guess that's a good thing for you guys. A good thing for me when I play it's this episode back. <laughs> it's a lot more interesting. Yeah, even Harrison doesn't know what I'm going to say today. <laughs> Never does. Never do. Um, but we're going to lead off with uh, Tommy Lasorda. As we know, he passed away. Harrison, what does this mean for baseball? Uh, what are your thoughts on a great, great man in the game of baseball leading us? Like you said, I think this is probably one of the better men that has ever came through baseball. Uh, you can go through all his accolades, 1,900-plus win games. You have two World Series championships as well as to adding two more uh, NL pennants, uh, four NL pennants in total. And th- This man encompassed everything that you want as a success for the game of baseball. But he just... He was the same as a guy. Like, everyone loved him. Um, he lived a long, very full life. And I think he really ushered in the, this type of manager that catered to what his players would do. He was the first guy that I think whenever you went into baseball, you saw here's what, here's the ideal set and what baseball is. And this is what the number three hole hitter does. This is what a first baseman does. And he was the guy that says, here's my players. Let's figure out what I can do with them. And he did that exceptionally well. Ushered in a new era in baseball. And really, like like we've said, he's one of the best guys that we've had come through baseball. And there's a lot of things that we can attribute to him, him now with how baseball is run from a management standpoint. And overall, an incredible career, incredible life. Everyone has great things to say about him. I can't get enough of saying great things about him. Really, heck of a job, Tom Lasorda. Yeah. Well, he had a career 1,599 win versus 1,439 loss record. Um, he won two World Series championships in 81 and 88 of the 1900s. Um, four National League pennants, eight division titles, uh, and 20 years as the Dodgers manager. Um, just... Absolutely decorated yeah. in accomplishments. I said nineteen hundred. I meant fifteen hundred. <laughs> I meant fifteen hundred. Yeah. Um, he just a hell of a manager. Great guy, like you said. And I understand you have a very uh, you have a quote from him that you wanted to uh, yes share with us on the one blog. of the most legendary quotes I've ever heard in my life. He was talking to the media one day and said that his wife had once told him that he she thought that he loved baseball more than her. And in the most savage way possible, he said to her, that may be true, but I do love you more than football and hockey. (laughs) (laughs) The man committed his life to baseball, and he let his wife know it. That reminds me of, I was dating a girl one time, and she got mad at me because I was upset about the Braves game, and I guess, because I'm a Braves fan, and I guess I wasn't as upset about something that happened to her or whatever. She goes, (laughs) you care more as I turn my ringer off. She goes, you care more about the Braves than you care about, like, my day or whatever. I was like, well, I haven't been rooting for you since I was five. 
Yeah. We are not dating anymore. I don't think it had anything to do with that. Because it was several <laughs> months later. But it is a possibility. We could have lingered. It's like, okay, because I don't really much, like her that much anymore anyway. So. We live in a much different time. <laughs> time the sort of said that to his wife. Now probably would get canceled. We'll see. <laughs> Um, but, you know, in closing, we just wanted to thank Tom Osorda for all he's done for the game of baseball. Um, just being a legendary uh, legend of the game. A legendary legend of the game. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Um, and that's really all I have to say about it. Tom Osorda, thank you so much. Fly Moving. high, brother. Yes. Fly high, Fly. brother. Moving on. We have a very interesting report. Yes. I read this. I was scrolling through my ESPN app the other day, and I saw this. So I was like, well, this is interesting. As you do. Yes. Brian Harkins of the LA Angels. I don't know what his job is. I just know that he works. I, I, it, they literally just say employee of the LA Angels. Um, was fired for uh, giving some Angels players um, illegal substances uh, to, to help their grip on the baseball. Uh, doctored baseballs, if you will. Uh, he is now um, suing Major League Baseball and I believe the Angels um, and, like, trying to bring other people down with him. So, uh, multiple Cy Young winners and all-star pitchers used legal pitching substances distributed by Harkins, um, according to Mike DiGiovanna of the LA Times. <clears throat> um, Harkins named a mem- He named Troy Percival, Brandon Donnelly, Tyler Chatwood, Kevin Jepsen, and uh, Cam Bedrosian, Keenan Middleton, Yusmero Petit, Luke Bard, Matt Andrees, Dylan Peters, Jose Suarez and Dylan Bundy, all Angels players. Then he moved on uh, to some stars in the league, some some very super stud caliber players in Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Adam Wainwright, Corey Kluber, Felix Hernandez, all using illegal pitching substances to improve their grip on the ball. Um, Evidence surrounding Cole is particularly particularly, – Harmful towards Cole because there is a text message in which Cole identifies himself and asks Harkins for help with this sticky situation. And he put a winky face emoji <laughs> in the text message, which is hilarious. Um, it, was, it, was, it was submitted as evidence um, in the case. Um, <clears throat> so he was fired. Harkins was fired uh, in March after they figured out he was making and distributing the illegal substance. And now he is bringing everybody down with him. Um, similar to the steroid thing, because wasn't it a doctor who yeah. got in trouble and then he was like, well, here's a list of everybody I gave it to. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's kind of where we're at with this. I think the interesting thing is like all of those pitchers, almost all of them except for Wainwright, uh, are either in or have been in the AL West. Yeah. Um, but what do you think about just this as a like broad stroke reaction? The first thing we got to... The first thing we got to take into account is that this is an expose by the LA Times. One of the biggest things with the LA Times is they come up with these exposés that sometimes end up being just straight cap. They've come out with a lot of exposés of guys kind of like this. It's mostly political. LA Times is very political. Right. Uh, but it, it's coming out with a whole lot of exposés that end up just being guys trying to take down people with them. If this is true, I'm just going to take it on if they, this is true, because if it's not true, then I have nothing to talk about on this podcast. So we're going to go on whether or not if it's true. Right. I, I think that it's a thing that is very, it's very interesting because it's not exactly like what it is with 
the steroid use policy. Like right. everyone was talking about the steroid use. Yes, they hit baseballs further than we've ever seen them, and it gave them a very big competitive advantage. And you can definitely say that the ball grip has given them a significant competitive advantage as far as pitching-wise. But as far as the suspensions, as far as anything like that, people are talking and people are calling people's heads right now. Yeah. Uh, if this is all true, of course, the investigation has just begun mm-hmm. into all of these things. I don't think they will be as significant. And that's mostly because we become into a hitting league, and these guys are, while they're good, it's more of just controlling the use of a foreign substance and having minor things. Because it's not like they're using the pine tar. Yeah. It's not like they're using the things that, was it, was it Severino that used it and got caught on his neck? I believe so. Yeah. Him and Pineda, I think. Pineda. Yeah, I think it was Pineda. It might have been Pineda. But it's not as exponentially great of a issue. I do think it's very interesting because it could cause a lot of problems for pitchers. And we could see, we could not be seeing the full potential of some of these pitchers, which is crazy crazy to me because you could see, oh, Garrett Cole can't control his curveball very well. Right. Or something like that. While I do not want any controlled substance in the game to where it would give anybody these crazy competitive edges because I am a naturalist, I am a guy that wants to see competitive right. baseball in a natural way, I do know that these things are going to happen and that people will try to get, you know, rods in and all that stuff. Yeah. I believe this substance particularly was like a special mix of pine tar and rosin. Yeah. So if we can, if we can get that out, uh, I think that will be best. I think that that's the best case scenario of what goes on with this is that they just get get it out of the game overall. Right. But we'll see if that even really turns anything. Yet again, it could just be a whole bunch of cat. This guy just trying to bring down people with him because yeah, he's bitter. Right. You know, he's upset that he got caught. Um, so it's very it's very possible. I think. I think it's probably pretty clear that he was giving it to the Angels players. That's that's the one that seems real likely. Which is concerning because it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Angels really pitching is pitching staff. Uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm wondering. I mean, do susp- if if they if they find out that all these pitchers are guilty of it, do we see this mass suspending of all these star pitchers? That's that's some big t- Garrett Cole missing time is not good for Major League Baseball. I will say this: we better not see it. Yeah, because if they do not suspend the Astros players, yep. that legitimately knew what pitch was coming, yeah, then how are you going to pit? How are you going to suspend these guys that use some pine tar and rosin? Like, yeah. it, it you got to be consistent. But guess what? I bet you they will because Rob Manfred is an absolute stooge and he's horrible and we'll, it'll give us more things to talk about on this podcast. So <laughs> more we'll things see. to roast him about. It is it is it is an, it's a tough spot that he's in because of, because of that. Yeah. Um, because really, I think I think players should get suspended if they cheat all the way around. Yeah. Um, but I I I'm with you. I think they probably if they find him guilty, the pitchers will get suspended yeah. and people like us will be losing our. Losing our cheese, <laughs> just flipping out about uh, about it. But like the thing is, though, like I'm looking at this list of names, and Garrett Cole 
is big time. But Justin Verlander, Adam Wainwright, Corey Kluber, and Felix Hernandez are all past their prime. And I also don't know when these were used as well. Right. It could taint a lot of these guys' Yeah, how long has this guy been doing it? It's it's clearly been with within the last three years or so. Yeah. Um let's see here. Because I think I think this I thought the ESPN article that I read had another um Could it be that whenever Kluber was in his year of winning the Cy Youngs that he was Was he using it? Will those be revoked from him? There's a lot of questions that could be coming out of this ah, yes. investigation. Okay. So this website only said Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Adam Wainwright, Corey Kluber, and Felix Hernandez. This one that I'm reading right here uh, adds Edwin Jackson, Max Scherzer, Jabba Chamberlain, and Tyler Chatwood. Um, so those are that Max Scherzer, that's another big one. Yeah. I've always wondered how he can maintain a grip on the ball and throw it consistently into the strike zone whenever his head literally is just whiplashed every time he throws. <laughs> I don't understand how he does that. Yeah. At all. Uh, but I think, it's, I think it's a <laughs> to be it's a sticky situation that the MLB <laughs> is in. Um, could that be the title of the pod today? <laughs> Maybe. Probably will be the title of the pod. <laughs> it's a sticky situation. Um, but I think what this means for baseball is that we're going to find out if the if the major league front office is going to crack down on cheating or not. And it's hard because they're going to get backlash either way. Yeah. Either way. If they backlash, if they do crack down on it, they will get cracked down by all MLB press including this podcast for doing it now and not yeah. doing the Astros or if they don't, they will get all this stuff about I mean, they could implement... I guess a middle ground would be implementing new policies. Here are suspensions. If you yeah. use this again, all that stuff. Yeah, and just start from right now. Right now, new era. Everything else is in the past. Moving forward. Exactly. It could be like that. Yeah. I think that would be middle ground. But there really is no area for winning, which is probably the best part. Because Rob Manfred cannot win in this situation, which means yeah. we get to roast him again. Yeah. I think, I think if he hands out suspensions... The absolute riot that will erupt in New York. Gosh. If Garrett Cole gets suspended, they will lose their minds if they lost their pitcher with nobody on the Astros. But that's neither here nor there. I think we've we've beat that horse to death. Um, We can talk about that whenever more information, more investigation. I thought it was just an interesting thing that I read. Yes. I was when I was uh, cruising through ESPN. But don't think too much about it because it still is an LA Times expose. Yes. so here's the big – this is the big uh, topic on tonight's episode. I guess Huge. if you're listening to it, it'll probably be tomorrow morning. Um, Francisco Lindor yes. has been traded. Unfortunately, not to the Marlins. No. But – Everybody was saying he would get tra- traded to New York. Just not the New York team that they thought. Lindor <laughs> <laughs> um, is on the Mets. Um, it was a big – very – six-player trade. The Mets received Lindor and Carlos Carrasco, a very underrated part of the deal, by the way. Yes, we will talk about um, that. Cleveland receives Ahmed Rosario, shortstop. Andres Jimenez, middle infielder prospect. Very good prospect. Yeah. Uh, Josh Wolf and Isaiah Green, two minor league pitchers. They were pretty solid. Yeah. Um, H, what's your grade for this deal? Overall, I would give it a B plus. Uh, here's the reason why is that there's a lot that's going on with this deal, but this deal doesn't fix 
either team right. overall. Uh, I think that the Indians, sorry, Cleveland, Cleveland baseball team. Well, they're still the Indians. They're still the Indians. They're the Indians this year. This year, okay. So they still have the Indians this year. The Indians fixed their issue of having a huge contract. Now they can now they can officially rebuild. Yeah. They had Lindor, and Lindor always gave them the chance to, to be, be in the picture. Yeah. And so did Clevenger, all these things. They traded away. They are in their full-scale rebuild, and they've got pieces to do it. Do, do they have the best pieces and now the best farm system? No. So it's interesting to me how much this costs and all that stuff, but I think that it's really good for the Mets, but like I said, it doesn't fix the Mets. Right. They're fielding overall still horrible. Like we were talking before the podcast whenever we yeah. were trying to plan for this. Your hope is that they hit it to Lindor every time. It and is. Lindor makes a good throw over to Pete Alonso. A truly putrid defense. Dom Smith is a left fielder. Gosh. Michael Conforto is a right fielder. Is this it? Is this still? Uh, I think no. I think he is out of his contract now. I think he's a free agent, or he's not playing. I don't know. We're gonna look it up real quick. Yeah, like if he is, but still, it it their defense is putrid. He's a free agent. He's a free agent. Their defense is putrid. Their pitching rotation now is. Under one of the underrated top five pitching staffs yep. in the league, if they're all healthy and if they're all back to their normal selves, David DeGrom, Noah Syndergaard, back to his old self, and then Carlos Carrasco. It's very good. But their bullpen is horrible. Yes, still bad. Still bad. Uh, the defense is bad. Um, this makes the Mets better, but it's I, I see a lot of people overreacting. Like it's going to be – it's going to be – the the next Mookie Betts of the Dodgers and it, and it's and it's not what what it, what it is is the a bad team got thrust into a contending picture yeah because the Dodgers were already a World Series contender yeah and then they got Mookie Betts yeah. the the New York Mets were not anything they were barely they weren't even a playoff contender to be honest with you no until they got and now they got Lindor so now they're in that they're in that uh, realm. But uh, they are now solid because they can hit. Yeah. They can hit. They can absolutely with, hit. With yeah. anyone. They can get on base in front of them. Brandon Nimmo is an on-base machine. Yeah. Him and McNeil and Lindor is your top three. It's going to be really good hitting in front of Pete Alonso, Michael Conforto, J.D. Davis, Dom Smith. The lineup is solid. It's a little strikeout heavy, yeah. but it is solid. And they have the lineup and the starting pitching to overpower teams and win games. Um, I would get. I would give the deal for for the for Cleveland. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an A minus. I think they got a great return. Yeah. For uh, for Lindor, they 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 replaced one shortstop with two middle infielders. Yeah. That could feasibly be the net part of the next contending team. Yeah. Andres Jimenez is gonna play second. Ahmed Rosario is gonna be the shortstop. Not bad. Good job, Indians. Got two more arms. Indi- the Indians develop pitching better than anybody. Yep. So I like I like that deal a lot for Cleveland. For for New York, I'm gonna give it just a B instead of a B plus because of the reason I just outlined. Um, it uh, maybe a B plus too because I just think New York they needed that. Yep. That was a good that was a good jolt to the fan base. I like what Steve Cohen's doing there. Yep. Um, also, little sidebar: he needs to bring back the the black jerseys. Yeah, that was nice. black jerseys, and he's hinted at it. Yeah, uh, I want to see the Mets back in black. The Mets, the, the color scheme of the Mets 
uh, offers very nice, very cool jersey designs. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you've got to stick with the classic Mets jersey design. Yeah. The, but as far as their alternate jerseys and stuff, there's some cool designs that can be created with that. Absolutely. But the Mets also did add another bat to their lineup. Possibly a great bat, but we'll see if it really works out. Kyle Schwarber. No, that's the Nats. The Nats! Guys, <laughs> you can tell. I did not. I did not prepare for this entire thing. The Nats. The Nats have signed Kyle Schwarber. Yes. Which adds to their hitting as well. But before we get to that, there is one more question I have for you. Okay. If you were grading the Mets roster right now, would you put... Are they going to miss the playoffs? Are they a playoff contender? Or are they even a World Series contender like people are saying? They're not a World Series contender. Just because we have seen more and more, if you can't pitch late in games, if you don't have a good bullpen, you will not survive in the playoffs at all. I do think that they are a playoff contender. I think that they're on the bubble. I think that they're the wild card teams. I don't think that they're going to win their division. I think no, I still don't think they're better than the Braves. No, I still think that they're going to. I think they might get ransacked by the Braves. Well, the Braves still have the pitching depth. Exactly. I think that they would be able to pitch, pitch these guys right out of the ballpark. But we'll see. As far as a lot of it is based on whether or not the hitting can come to fruition. If they can hit, because they can. Yep. If they do hit with anyone, then it should be fine. But if they don't, it's still a good move because they've given themselves a guy that they can rely on and build around as far as a defensive team. Right. You still have the hitters. Can you build them around and can it work overall as an offensive team? Right. We'll see. But right now I would grade them as a on the bubble playoff wild card contender. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. Wild card contender. Probably gonna win anywhere between eighty six and ninety games would be where I'm thinking about it right now. I'm a very skeptical uh, Mets enthusiasts, because I don't like the Mets, but I do, when I'm looking at them objectively, I kind of take a step back from everybody else, yep. simply because they they collapse yep. for no reason all the time. They're the Mets. Um, and that's, that bullpen and defense really does scare me. Yeah, and still the biggest, uh, I would say the biggest storyline in Queens is not really Lindor, because you know what Lindor offers you, is it will Pete Alonso get back to his old self. Right. Will he get back into 53 better, homers? Better or whatever shape. he had, 55. Yeah. yeah. Will he get into his better shape? And then will he get back to his 53 homer self? We'll see that this season. That'll be a huge teller on how good the Mets will be. Right. Um, now we'll move on to Kyle Schwarber to the Nationals. Yes. Um, Not on the Mets. <laughs> um, Man, I'm so glad that I didn't post that. <laughs> so many people would have been confused. Just like whenever Passon tweeted out that. Was it DeGrom was part of the deal? That would have been the stupidest deal. I know. I would have graded that as an F for the Mets if they had traded Jacob DeGrom for Lindor. Exactly. And then I thought DeGrom's part of the deal, and then you deleted the tweet. And yeah. I was just like, oh, we got to delete the Instagram story <laughs> now. Um, but Schwarber to the Nats, one year, $10 million. What's your grade for this deal for the Nationals? What's the, what's the Nationals outfield situation right now? Before Schwarber. Before Schwarber, it's... Robles in center, Soto in one of the corners, and then um, like Andrew Stevenson. I, I don't know a whole bunch about how good Schwarber would be as far as a fielder. 
If they do So have, he's going to play a left and uh, Soto is going to move over to right. Okay. He's he's a serviceable fielder. He's not anything special overall. He's way better than he used to be. Way better than he used to be, though. He used to be not very good at all. He used but to be a walking error. Yes, he's definitely serviceable now, and he can hit. And in in Nationals Park, where you got the right field that you can def he can definitely send balls into the DC night. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a good pit. I would give it a B plus. Yet again, it doesn't solve every problem that they have, but it gives them another solid bat, another solid fielder, and kind of fills in a hole. They had yeah. that hole in left left field or right field, whichever one. Uh, they wanted to in the outfield in, in the outfield in one of the corner spots. They had that hole and they they filled it, and I think that it's good. I think that it will be serviceable for them to hopefully keep the DH spot. Hopefully they'll be able to keep the DH in the National right. League. But we'll see about that. But I think that it's overall a B plus, pretty good deal. Ten million, a little high, but Schwarber has proven one year to be serviceable and we'll see if he can use that 10 million one year deal to get himself his next resurgence of his career or see if Kyle Schwarber's done. Yeah. You know? I'm going to give it an A um, because of the one year $10 million. $10 million isn't that crazy for a one year deal because you're not tying a bunch of money to him long term. Yeah. It's one year $10 million and you're either out or you're back in. Yeah. Um, he is so he, it's really low risk and high reward because uh, if at the worst you paid ten million dollars for one year of a guy who's regardless going to hit about thirty homers and maybe strike probably strike out a lot, yeah. Or you are getting a guy who went healthy, one of the best power hitters in baseball, yeah. And honestly, very underrated on base guy. Yep, it's got a very good eye. Add that with you've already got Juan Soto. Those two back to back are gonna work some lineups. I'm sorry, work some pitching staffs. Yes, um, it's hilarious watching them take pitches. Yeah, because Swerber looks like he's not phased at all by any pitch. Even whenever it's close, he just kind of looks off into the distance. Yep. And then Soto gets in his stance. Gets yeah, it does deep, that and like then does that crabbing craziness. <laughs> exactly, it's it's kind of hilarious watching them too. Um, so I really like this deal for the Nationals. Um, I think it I think it fills a hole in the lineup. Um, obviously, the defense gets a little worse, but at least you've got Ro- Robles in center field can cover a ton of ground, which can make up for what you're losing in the corners for, with Soto and Schwarber. Yeah. Um, this on the heels of the Josh Bell deal. Yeah. The Nationals are revamping. They're reloading. They're they I, I don't think they're done making moves either. I think they're gonna they're gonna fill out their bench roles a little bit. Maybe bring back guys Dribble Cabrera. Move around. They've still got money to go get a guy. Yeah. Go get a big. Go get another big time guy. So, I'm excited about the Nationals. I think they've got a really good shot at. Uh, will, will they go get a Marcus Simeon? Marcus Simeon. Will they go DJ LeMahieu? A DJ LeMahieu. And because if they got J, DJ LeMahieu, they've entered themselves right back into World Series contention. Oh yeah. Oh Absolutely. my. Um, so with that being said, the Nats and Mets both just made moves, which which I think propels them into the top five in the National League, right? Because obviously the top three are the Braves, Dodgers, and Padres. Easily. And then now I'm thinking the Mets and Nats are five. Yeah. But you'll notice I did not mention an NL Central team in my top five. Nope. 
I don't think I'm too crazy for saying that because the Cubs are clearly re- trying to trade people away. The Cardinals are always competitive. They're always competitive, but they're nothing special. But, yeah. The Reds, we just made fun of the Mets defense. The Reds is even worse. That Bauer hour, they'll be... And we don't know if they're going to get Bauer. That probably won't. Um, and without him, they'll be very bad. The Pirates are one of the worst teams in baseball history. And the Brewers don't have anything in the lineup besides Christian Yelich. Yeah. And a, and a, a really good bullpen, but it's Christian Yelich in a bullpen, and that's about it. So someone is going to win that division by default, I think. And one of the Padres, Nationals, and Mets is going to miss the playoffs. And that is a crying shame to me, yeah. which is why I'm about to propose a new postseason format okay. that includes six teams in each league. And it's going to look exactly like the NFL playoffs look. And for anybody who doesn't know, I'll go ahead and explain it. The top two division winners okay. are going to get a bye for what is going to be called the wild card weekend. Because I think we experimented with the best two out of three wild card series. I thought it went pretty well. I thought it was, it was really exciting. It was fun. Um, this will have four series instead of eight in the wild card weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, back to back to back. Um, excuse me. You are going to see the third division winner take on the third wild card team. So there will be three wild card teams. So the third division winner gets the third wild card team, and then the first and second wild card teams play each other. Yeah. In three game series, I think this is what because I think this is several times around now that we've had a really good team possibly miss the playoffs. Because of their divisional placement. Yeah. And I think that gets us gets us away from the one-game wild card, which I think is kind of bad because baseball's about series. And the wild card games, while they're crazy and fun, it just – it really just seems almost – not unfair, but like – I just don't like it when a 97-win team like the Pittsburgh Pirates from so many years ago gets bounced in one game yeah. and doesn't get a series. So then um, – after this, you reseed the postseason. Yeah. So the worst, the worst team, then plays the number one division winner, and the best team that wins through the wild card weekend plays the second best division winner. I think, I think it's just a little bit more exciting. It gives us those best two out of three series. Very fun to see. Um, what 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 do you think? Would you change it or not? I, I do like that idea. I would modify it to how the NFL might be. It's kind of set up right now. Because they've expanded the playoffs in the NFL mm-hmm. to one seed. The one seed gets the bye. Right. And then you have three wild card teams. And you have, I would say... So you would add another division? Maybe. Uh, or, like you said, have... I don't know. They're... There's a lot of things that you could do with it. Right. Uh, with the expansion franchises that will come yeah. in the future, there's a possibility that they could go back down to 14 divisions, which yeah. I would honestly be in favor of because that makes it a lot more simple. Yeah. makes it a lot easier to do, and it would honestly allow for that playoff format to be better. And right. I, I would just... There, there needs to be a change in the playoffs, and I do like that idea. 
But I think there just needs to be modifying of the playoffs, and I think they just need to play with it a little bit. Yeah. And see which one's good, see which one's not. The players, they're going to be playing baseball. Yeah. And I think the I think the thing that they will be giving them is more games. Like you said, the one game plus while they are electric. Yeah. Two, three game like the three game series, you know, first to two, it, it's a lot better for the teams. Like you said, teams that win on these games can have now those two right. game series. Because you can easily win two games in a row after getting beat. If you look at the high school like playoffs, what, twice? Then Yeah. You look at high school playoffs, that's that's the setting that it is put in, is that you have the games in three game sets. Right. And it makes it infinitely easier for a team like my high school, back whenever we were going all the way to the what what would we were in the state semifinal that year. Mm-hmm. We had three series where we got absolutely rocked in that first game. Yeah. And then we came back and won the, won the second game and then destroyed them in the third game. So right. you kinda you kinda get that opportunity to redeem yourself. Which in baseball it's so hard to come out and just play the best you can. In football, you can play the best you can all in one game. And, right. you know, in basketball even, there's possibility for that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I do think that there needs to be more games. But I think that they just need to play with it, modify it. And, honestly, if it comes down to that idea, I think it would honestly be a pretty good, solid playoff format. Just because it allows more wildcard teams in and it allows the wild cards to... To fight for it. Yeah. And it, it it's like, uh, not last year, but the year before when the Indians missed the playoffs and they won like 94 games, I think. Yeah. That was, oh, whoa, they may have won more than that, actually. Um, I'll look it up, but they won a good amount of games and missed the playoffs. And obviously with my format, they would not have, they went 93 and 69 and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Like, come on, if you win 93 games, you, you should be in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so, I've got... It just it adds more teams to the to the playoffs. It also, but it stays under the threshold of half the league. Yeah, because that's what's most important is making sure that less than half of the league is making the playoffs. Yes, um, but six teams in each league. Um, same thing uh, in the American League. You've got I would say six teams that are going to be contending for a playoff spot. Yeah, you've got Yankees. Probably still the Astros. Rangers. White Sox. Oh, my God. <laughs> White Sox, Twins, and a lot of these teams that are like, ooh, they might be pretty good. Oakland, um, Toronto. If they can retain Simeon and keep that core together, that'd yep. be good. Toronto, uh, Tampa, Boston might, with their offense, might be able to make some noise depending on moves that they make. Um, so I think that this would be good for baseball as a whole. But the last thing I want to talk about is that Rob Manfred has said to expect spring training to start on time and there to be 162 games, which is music to my ears. Yes. It's it's going to look a little bit modified, like we've all known. We don't know if sports teams like baseball and all that stuff. With the coronavirus... um, What's, vaccine, there we go. I lost the word vaccine for a minute. If the vaccine could be administered to sports teams and players like that at that rate, mm-hmm. because it's been, it has been slower right. than in, in the advertise, especially in states like Michigan and states other like that, 
uh, it's been a lot slower than right. expected. But if they can wrap that ramp that up, get everybody that needs it, and get it to these sports teams, I think that there could be a average normal season getting a lot more normal once you hit a hundred hundred games and yeah. have it look a lot more normal than usual. And we're um, in January. I mean, things could look a lot different in say March. Yeah, I mean. One thing you can realize, one thing we learned for 2020, 2021 even, is that things change very quickly. Yes. A moose was the speaker of the house last week. <laughs> so we have no idea what's going to happen. <coughs> and I, I think that we have a much, a very good opportunity to establish a sense of normalcy. I don't think that, you know, masks will go away. I don't think that they're going to, you know, not implement any kind of COVID-19 protocols mm-hmm. with it all. But... Just because that that will be the story of the season in the next couple of years, it'll be a COVID list. There will be all that stuff. Right. But I think that we'll be able to establish a sense of normalcy, and if we can get a hundred sixty-two game season in, that's probably one of the best things for baseball. Is that we got a full season, and football just did it. Yep. Basketball's trying to do it. We'll see if they can get that done. And if baseball can do it, the sports world has returned to normal. Yeah. And that is music to my ears as well. Very much so. Well, that really wraps it up for what we've got today. We aren't going to have a Simon Says because Simon is not here to say anything. Tease and peace. Um, so we're probably just going to cut this off pretty abruptly. That's my, my thoughts. Maybe we'll just sit here in silence for a little bit. Bye. <laughs> and that concludes our show. It's been a great show. Talked about some sticky situations. Some great trades. And, of course, Tom Lasorda. Passing. Absolute legend. Yeah. Absolute legend. You know who else is an absolute legend? Me. Simon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was trying to give, like, some props to Simon. And hope hey. that he makes a full recovery. <laughs> get back here. Full recovery. He has allergies. He has allergies. He's fine. He's going to be fine. He's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And next week, we will have Simon here. We will have everything that you love about the Delayed Deal podcast. Yeah. A new Simon Says. New Simon Says. New hot takes. Hopefully some more breaking news. Plenty of deals to be made. What if DJ LeMahieu is signed by the next time we do the podcast? We don't know. Well, with where they're at... I, he might not be with the Yankees. He seems pretty upset with the Yankees because of how far away they are. I saw the Cardinals, which was interesting to me because I was like, they're on a pretty tight budget. I don't think they can give you more than the Yankees. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens with it all. But you know this. Whatever happens, it'll be covered here in the Delayed Still podcast. Yes. The Delayed Still podcast. The Delayed Still podcast. Hey, I had to swallow, okay? Because I, I talk too fast. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I don't have anything to rant about today. I'm actually I'm actually in a good mood. I'm in a, I'm in a really good mood. National championships on. Yeah, watching that. I I haven't. I can honestly say that I haven't been like legitimately mad for like the entire week. It's incredible. I know. I'm usually I usually get mad about something. I'm so even keel on like ninety nine percent of things, and then there's like this just one percent of thing that just drives me over the edge. And I just lose my mind. But nothing is like... I haven't had anything like that in two weeks. I don't think I ranted last week. No? It's pretty chill. I don't have anything to rant about either. Manfred hadn't done anything stupid. Yeah. Yet. Yet. We've still got time. Yeah. We've still got time. (laughs) We've still got time to piss me off. The season, it's in our sights. 
the college baseball season. It's in our sights. We should have cut this off a long time ago. Yes. The Delay Still Podcast is ramping up, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, roll the outro music. Music.